0: Welcome and welcome to the OK Podcast with Tom and Juju. Today we have a couple special guests, but before we introduce them, I'm going to talk about some housekeeping. Because we don't don't talk about this on the podcast very often, but we never do any ads. Isn't that crazy? We could talk about fucking MeUndies or Ben & Jerry's or any types of sponsorships, but we don't take any. So the best way that you guys can repay us... For the time we've taken to talk to you for an hour, is uh, you don't have to repay us. But the the best thing you can do is go to the we got four audio sources: Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Even though we know no one uses Google Play,
1: I use Google Play.
0: The all those things you can <laughs> follow, subscribe. You can review the iTunes. The podcast we want to keep doing it, but it is—it's a fair amount of investment. I mean, I bring a when we travel and do the podcast, I bring an entire the entire setup there, and uh, it's a lot more effort than just uh, setting up mics and talking for an hour. And uh, yeah, and we want to keep doing it. So the other way you can do that is go to people's YouTube channels, Instagrams like Steffi's and Hayden's, and uh, and support their things because they're coming on here. To uh, just talk about stuff, but they also got stuff you can support. And you can go to gripgenie.com and jujimoof.com and buy some stuff. Because we sell stuff. Yeah. Okay stuff as well. Well, don't go to that. There's nothing on that right now. No, no, no. Don't go to that. Uh, anyway, we, uh, we have two lovely guests here today. They are, uh, Brian, can you put the echo on? Hybrid performance, performance, performance. Don't put the, don't even try. The, uh, <laughs> <in the> hot, <laughs> we have the hybrid try. performance uh, method and the hybrid performance gym. Are there any other businesses in the hybrid performance? Or It's just like those two are the main ones. Right? Uh, those are the main ones. We also have hybrid apparel. Oh, hybrid apparel as well. Yeah. Gosh darn. And uh, we have Hayden Bow and Steffi Cohen. And y'all co-run those organizations along with being very good at a lot of things powerlifting. That's kind of one of the questions I want to start it off with is like you guys run this whole business, run this gym, all of this stuff, which is a job in itself. Alongside that, you're squatting three times your body weight for reps and you're just beating world records multiple times in a year. Uh, I want to hear from both of you, just how you actually balance workout, work the work, the career part with just keeping your status as basically an elite pro powerlifter. Steph, you want to start?
2: Sure. Um, it is a lot easier now than it was when we first started three mm-hmm. years ago, just because the more that you grow, the more you're able to delegate, and the more the more. People you can employ essentially to help you with small tasks that take a lot of your time and um, are not kind of that someone else, things that someone else can do for you that don't necessarily, uh, that you don't really have to do. So little things like answering emails, customer service, that kind of stuff are things that you can delegate that uh, free a lot of your time. Uh, to let you do the things that only you can do, like train and perform.
0: At first, were you bad at delegating? Did you figure that out along the way, or did you like, really know that right away and you needed to do that to, to focus on the right things? No,
2: I feel like I've always been really good at identifying which things I can kind of pass on to other people so I can focus on on not more important things, but things that I felt like could propel the business to, to new heights and that could grow
0: us. That's a, that's a rare-ass skill. Do you think John? Well,
1: I think a lot of people is just this type of thing is just going to kind of they're going to turn off and not listen to like delegation and stuff, but you can start delegating like wherever you're at, anywhere. You know, you can get your friend to help you with this, you can get your parents to help you with this. You know, you can hire a service to take care of this or that in your own life, not business related. Yeah, it's a skill and it's hard as hell, but you know, at the top levels, you see executives delegating to all these you know people' like, "Well, that's not my life, but your life still has delegation involved in it.
2: I'll tell you a funny story okay I feel like I feel like that's a skill that I've always had, and I'll give you I'll give you a quick example. Say college when you had to uh, do a PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. I would make a Word document that would have all the information. I would do all the research, I would put everything that I thought needed to be in the presentation, but then I would hire someone either from like a higher class or online so they can put the presentation together for me because i felt like <laughs> But you're a
0: swindler aren't you No well, i mean i just felt <laughs> like i
2: just felt like it was a waste of my time to actually make the presentation because i i i already knew how to do it like i've i went through i don't know high school when they teach you how to do powerpoint and how to put the slides together but i felt like actually putting the slides together was a waste of my time i felt like my time would have been better spent doing the other things i was doing like shadowing or like interning or or growing athletically you know training more or spending time with my friends or my family so that's something that i feel like i've mastered from since i was a kid that's
1: a that's a college thing you did there. Like yeah. you were in college when you did it. So even as a college student, you find a way to delegate something. Exactly. You know, Tom. I used to. The first thing I did with delegation is I paid my mom to meal prep, like <laughs> wow. just a few of my that's meals weird. a that's week. I'd, I'd pay you her a smart. couple yeah. hours. I'm not that smart. After that, I didn't figure much else out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, You're you're really good at it, but that was one thing. I thought, hey, I can pay my mom to do uh, meal prep once a week. Just a few meals at least saves me a lot of time and effort. I don't want to put into it.
0: No, I don't think I'm good at it actually, but yeah, uh, I think you're really good at it. That's wild. You do it as a baby? Like, Did you delegate other babies?
2: Of course, always. I was just I would tell them to suckle on their mom's tits, and then I would, uh, you know, take it from them. A, a little regurgitate. <laughs> oh
0: god, that's good. I, I mean, that's that's some props. So, but you also, along with delegating, you guys also found out what roles you were better at within the business as well cuz last time we talked you it uh, was with Alex we spoke about how Hayden was while you were focused on getting your uh DPT and focusing on like just really slamming powerlifting Hayden was in the background working on taxes and uh, financials the stuff that you yourself realized that you didn't want to focus mm-hmm. on so Hayden how did you like in the background decide like this is the stuff i'm good at and that we need to like keep building up our stuff
3: yeah well i uh my university education my program was uh international economics and finance so there's a lot of business involved with that so i always sort of had a business background Mm -hmm. uh prior to starting hybrid i had another business as well uh so i had kind of gone through the initial steps made all the mistakes You know that you want to avoid, and then was able to carry that that learning experience over to hybrid. But uh, in the very beginning stages, it it was definitely hard. I was the I was the customer service team back then. So when Steph was in school, it's funny how we actually kind of split up the roles. She would instead of actually paying attention in class, she would be researching things that she could post informational content for uh, hybrid. Because that was like the best use of your time at the time, Mm -hmm. right? She sort of delegated learning (laughs) to in class so that she could do that and then she'd have study groups and stuff where she'd be able to meet up with people after but I was there answering like hundreds of emails a day and uh you know just got to the point where you know that actually wasn't the best use of my time or my strength in business so I started focusing more on that stuff and delegating customer service now we have a an actual customer service team um and yeah it was was mostly just experience you know
2: as far as um What each of us did during that time, it was very organic. I feel like you kind of like gravitated towards what you were the best at. Yeah. Which because you had the experience of the other business and you have your background in in economics and finance. And I was just doing what I was the good at, which included nothing of that and included just the knowledge that I have in fitness and nutrition and training, uh, pairing it with, with my degree and with my experience as an athlete. So yeah. we kind of just like took on those roles. But I remember at the beginning there being kind of like a little bit of like back and forth tug of war between like, oh, you did this, you didn't do that, or I did this, you didn't do that. You know, like a lot of pointing fingers at like who's doing more until we kind of like found that balance of. All right, appreciating what each person is doing and understanding that each person has their own roles and one role is not more difficult or more time-consuming than the other. And they're both equally as necessary and equally as important and just appreciating and respecting that for what it is.
0: Yeah. Nice. I think we actually have a similar relationship to you guys in terms of like how the uh, like Steffi and Juji are the are the in front person and then Hayden and I are more in the background but we're also still like I think it's actually really similar I think uh the only other relationship I can put it up to is like DLB and uh Rob Bailey mm-hmm. is a good example of like she's more in the front and then he's in the back but he's also still you know in the public eye right mm-hmm. But uh like that that kind of uh you know, finding that balance between who's doing what and who's doing more, it's it's a challenge. I mean it can create a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh luckily Juju and I aren't, you know, in a relationship as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh unbeknownst to, to all the strongman fans and all the arm wrestling fans, uh crazy enough, Juju has a wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two men on the internet making videos together <laughs> so super nuts that <laughs> We're not banging, yeah, we're not blasting each other's butts uh, <laughs> crazy, crazy <laughs> two male friends can do something together all the time and not not start fucking each other <clears throat> anyway the uh but but like that there's so many conflicts that could erupt from that so how do you guys balance like your relationship uh, together as partners, business partners and life partners? How does, how does that work? Uh,
3: I think it was it was pretty organic. I mean, uh, it's actually a funny story I'd like to tell about how it, it originally started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was selling my old business, and I was like, "What, what, what do I have to do with my my life now? You know, I'm going to have all this extra time, and I need something to do. Let's, uh, you know, start pitching ideas." And I pitched the idea of hybrid to Steph because we used to get questions all the time. You know, how do you train powerlifting and and Olympic weightlifting and make progress in both and, you know, all that stuff. And we didn't have a big social media following back then. So when I pitched it to Steph, she was like, like, I love you and uh, I, I'll support whatever you want to do. But I don't see this working. So then it was like, oh, damn, now we have to make this happen. And, okay. uh, you know, she, oh, but I she, think
2: it's valid to include why I thought that.
3: Okay. Why did Why you think, I that? think that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought tele-
2: that. I thought that. First of all, our platforms were very limited. You know, I had what, like, I don't know, five thousand followers on Instagram, and you had maybe ten or eleven thousand at that point.
3: Yeah, there was a point where I had more than her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you guys were talking, oh fuck! <laughs> damn. It. I'm sorry. I, I thought I was, I was gonna reach. No, That's good. Over but this is good, right? You. Yeah, yeah, I got
2: you. Okay. Um. So yeah, we had our reach was very small. We. Didn't have a lot of exposure, a lot of followers. Our training was interesting, and we did get questions all the time. But I just didn't see that translating into a lot of sales, into making a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of that was the that's why I reacted like that initially, just because I didn't see how we could grow into into something bigger with the following that we had, especially with given the people that we were competing against that were already offering online programming. I just didn't think that we could compete. But
3: yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I'm, it was totally a valid. Uh valid concern. concern at the time but luckily like i said i had the experience from the previous company and, and sort of a lot of the psychology that that goes into uh you know creating buy-in from people and stuff like that and i thought we could make it work and i think she uh, also at the time she didn't uh, realize her own potential mm-hmm. you know i I, was, I saw what she was capable of and kind of thought you know this is the golden goose right here. I think she's she's gonna do a lot and get a lot of exposure and and be obviously a great face for the platform. What so. was the main trait that you saw that
1: they you're like maybe she's not seeing it?
3: Um, her own potential. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Were you new to the sport, like to powerlifting in general? Um, you're, you're just kind of playing with it at the time but i mean the first time she went to the gym she did deadlifted like 300 or 315 or something crazy like that and i was like it's definitely not normal you know yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. you know and she's also a good looking girl and she's she's is a very outgoing has a personality she has all of the sort of she checks all the boxes off for someone yeah. uh to be what what she is now uh she just to be a star to be a star exactly <laughs> so she uh you know i kind of saw that and she she picked up on it very quick, and as soon as she decided that she wanted to start building up a name and building up hybrid, she—I uh, mean—it was—it took off very quickly. So, I thought
0: it was pretty cool. Okay, so that time, honestly, I just want to get a little bit into training. That three hundred deadlift. When so you initially you were Olympic weightlifting, mm-hmm. right? And you guys worked at like a CrossFit gym, right? You worked out at CrossFit gyms. When did you first start? That first, like, deadlift where you're like, I'm going to start deadlifting heavy, and then how did it erupt from there and go to, like, your, I guess, w- not your plateau, but, like, that, those noob gains, I guess. Like, what was that point?
2: Yeah, I mean, I started, I started training powerlifting more out of necessity than than uh, interest. Mm-hmm. I, I loved Olympic weightlifting. I had very clear goals. I have the Olympic rings, half of the Olympic rings tattooed on my wrist. Oh, I, I really... Yeah, just three though. So that was kind of a promise with myself that I would train as hard as I could to try to make an Olympic team. Um, Really, really enjoyed training Olympic weightlifting and was was training really hard. I think I was at that point I was training with uh, Camilo, my my weightlifting coach. Nine
3: sessions a week.
2: Nine sessions a week. Yeah, even during college and the first the first semester of grad school, I I built a home gym in my house. Second second well, not house. It's it's a an apartment building.
1: Home gym crew checking in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. Hey, Don't great.
3: leave me hanging. Oh, sorry.
2: Man, I'm bad at these, like, fist I'm bumps, bad. eh? People,
1: uh,
3: You do it at the dumb times. So bad. I think that's what... The, I think Start that's... On I, think on that's, on that's actually, I
2: think that's the problem. so <laughs> <fist laughs> <for> the audio can hear it, dude. <laughs> All right. um, so, yeah, I was very committed to my goals as, a, as an Olympic weightlifter. But uh, as grad school, as I got deeper and deeper into grad school and uh, realized what a challenge that was... Um, it was very hard to, to, to train at that level, like the level that you need to train at in weightlifting to be competitive and to make a, an Olympic team just because of it's because in weightlifting, you not only need to obviously get stronger, but you also need to develop skills that require a lot, a lot of focus. So that's challenging when you're only sleeping three, four hours a night and you have exams and projects and research papers every single week that became really challenging. So that was as per Hayden's suggestion, he one time he's like, "Hey, maybe you know tone it down on the weightlifting side. Maybe just try to get your legs and your back stronger through doing strictly strength uh, training, just focusing on squat and deadlift, and maybe leave Olympic weightlifting for the weekend, just do it like once or twice a week so you can keep the skill. And that was kind of like the beginning of hybrid. That's, what, uh, that's why we started coming up with these hybrid workouts that created a lot of uh, buzz on social media, people getting really curious as to uh, our methods of training. And eventually, you know, I, I did my first powerlifting meet and uh, really liked the contrast and some of the differences of the powerlifting community and the weightlifting community. And that's kind of what got me hooked.
0: Do you remember your numbers at that first meet? He remembers. I do. He
2: knows my my numbers better than me.
0: I know every competition he's ever done. Yeah. What was that first
3: meet? She uh she squatted a hundred and forty kilos, so three hundred eight pounds. Yeah. She benched uh sixty five kilos, which is what, what's that? One
0: hundred and forty five pounds,
3: something like that. And then she deadlifted one seventy kilos, which is uh three seventy five. Okay, and that was what year? That would have
0: been uh, twenty fifteen. That was twenty fifteen. Was her body weight same as now? Okay. Same as now. Oh, wow. So your body weight has stayed the same, but now your numbers are... I know you do a 508-pound squat, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's the deadlift? Deadlift she
3: did at the last meet. Um, 530, five,
2: but I've 540. done 545.
0: Okay. And then mm-hmm. bench, you did uh, 110. 242 pounds. So, okay. Uh, they've gone up a little bit, and you stay stayed yeah. the same weight. So that's, that's pretty mind-blowing to me just to – do you ever, th- like, actually – I know it's hard to think back on progress. See like, John, uh, I think, for for example, your, you know, deadlift numbers in comparison percentage-wise, that was a lot longer time ago, you know? Mm-hmm. That was 10 years ago when your deadlift was that number and where it's at now, right? Yeah. So it, it, that four years just seems kind of recent. Do you just, like, is there any, like, very – like a different trait you see in yourself now of lifting heavy compared to then that's like been the biggest difference or is it just been so consistent progress and so consistent training over that time? That's just changed it all.
2: Um, I think when you're, when you're training at the high level, a lot of people like to say a powerlifting is an easy sport and that strength training is easy. But when you're training at the high level, when you're trying to consistently break all time world records, it requires a lot of, modification from if not from month to month from training block to training block or from year to year. So definitely my training has changed a lot from the first time I ever touched the bar for powerlifting to to now. Um in many ways, obviously as far as like training frequency, volume and um intensity, the way that it changes per session to my mindset, like the way that I approach uh, in season versus off seasons, the way that I approach competitions, my experience on the platform. So obviously, I've I've changed and evolved a lot as a lot as an athlete over the last four four years.
0: Yeah, Hayden.
3: You well, I I think uh, people forget also like how you said uh, power, people say powerlifting is an easy sport. They forget that it's equally easy for all competitors, and that's really what makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. When you have something that is very uh, that's. Only testing three different movements, and they're they're not necessarily really challenging movements to, to learn. The difference in competitors comes down to the minutia of of training, science, nutrition, uh, attitude, and mindset. All these things that are, in my opinion, the most difficult parts of sport. You know, if you look at things like football or uh, hockey, uh, I'll use hockey because I'm Canadian and I know all about that. Right? You can be a guy who's <laughs> who's got a great shot. And who's big and can hit, and you're, you're you can play defense if you're not a skilled player who's good at sh- uh, you know stick handling and speed and stuff like that. So in a lot of sports, you can kind of avoid your weaknesses and just play to the parts that are are in favor of you. And that's not something you can do in a very specific sport like powerlifting. So I think it's it's really difficult. And she's become to steal a, a line from Travis Mash, a master of the mundane. And I think uh, you know. Mm-hmm that's what makes powerlifting so
0: difficult and why she's so good at it. Hmm. And before like as you were coming up in powerlifting, I guess the other th- the thing you were balancing out was school. Now that you're out of school, do you think social media has kind of replaced that as what you have to balance things with or wh- where do you find like the hardest balance of your life with career and with powerlifting right now as compared to before?
2: Um Hmm, let me think yeah well of course it's it's un, it's an undeniable fact that when i was in school it it was a lot harder to balance the business the training um competing yeah. all that stuff uh because school took so much of my time my school uh required me to be inside of the building for eight hours a day like oh. you you can skip classes at all oh. it was mandatory mandatory assist um uh, Assistants? attendance
1: You didn't have Monetary like a two-hour break in the middle of the day to train or something?
2: So we had – this is an interesting story too. We had one-hour break from noon to one, and that's it. And on the sixth floor of the building where I had all of my classes, uh, my strength and conditioning professor from undergrad, he opened his own business. It's called an NSCF. And it's kind of similar to NASM or ACSM where it's a personal training certification course that he created himself. And that's where his headquarters are. So he has his offices and he has where he he prints his magazines and his books. And then he has a small gym there that had two platforms and a few dumbbell racks and a few kettlebells and a pull-up rack. And um, that was the most helpful thing that could have ever had. It was like God sent, you know, because I had that one hour break. And, uh, I, luckily I had a really good relationship with him. His name's Brian Biagioli and I was able to go up there. I would leave class 15 minutes earlier just so I could like warm up and like really start at, at, at noon and I would get a one hour workout in there.
3: And she'd bring her own barbell I'd too. She'd come into class with her own. You people thought I was crazy.
0: Barbell. You came into your class with a barbell?
2: Yeah. My <laughs> classmates thought I was absolutely nuts.
0: Okay. That we and get a lot of likes why, on Instagram. That's why I, I
2: yeah. didn't really make any friends in grad school.
0: Okay. <laughs> what, uh.
2: Yeah, I made I had maybe 3 friends. Really good ones. Okay. But the rest of my class didn't really like me.
0: So you were demarginalized because of your barbell?
2: I was just weird. You know <laughs> so they you just couldn't
0: they just couldn't understand. <laughs> what yeah, I mean, what's a what's a funny story of you bringing it into a, a classroom? Did any time you like oh. it crash on the ground or something?
3: If that didn't make her different enough, she also stood for the entire class because she thought sitting was going to negatively affect no. her training. No, no, wait, no, well, wait, wait. No no, 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 no. Steffi.
0: No. You've never told us any of these things, really. <laughs> You stood during for eight hours.
2: So you know, I had uh, I bought myself from Amazon one of those cheap stand up desks, like oh the ones that you God. get for like twenty bucks, whatever. Yeah. Oh. So uh, my seat would be the the furthest one in the back, and uh, I would just stand. You know, maybe I would take breaks. Obviously, like I wouldn't stand for eight hours straight, but I would say maybe like eighty percent standing, twenty percent sitting. <sighs> something like, like a that.
1: sumo stance, because usually when <laughs> I stand at a standing desk to get to the right height, I have to kind of spread my legs. And for you, up. but yeah, but. It's- I it's think I have to get a stability probably up like this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow, that's wild. You're nuts. Wow, you're, jeez. <laughs> so I made it. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, if you're that
1: type of person, what do you do at airports if you haven't gotten to Do you like do push ups in the terminal and crap
0: like that? Uh,
2: no, I've gotten I've gotten way better at calming down my craziness
0: in yeah. that sense. Is mm-hmm. it, uh, is it like a Type A thing or like a mild OCD or do you just no? Have it's this, just. Like, focus on on your goals that yeah you wanted just to apply just goal oriented
2: yeah it's just goal oriented i had very specific goals well i i still do but at that time that mm-hmm. i just didn't want to be negatively affected by anything and i was just trying to control the the things i could because obviously i couldn't control how much time i was going to need to study how much sleep i was going to have to get like those things were were just i couldn't choose right so the little things that i could like my food and and how I my 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 posture in class and and uh, how much training I can get and when I can get it based on like my energy levels. Energy Those things I would try to control as much as I could.
0: Did you have a barbell backpack or how did you just carry that barbell around? Was it ever a safety squat bar? Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: okay.
2: it
0: was. That would make a, it easier. This was a well, fifteen kilogram.
2: It's a fifteen kilo Olympic weightlifting bar. Okay. So I had the you know you know it comes in kind of like a cardboard tube. Yeah. Right. So that would be like the case. Right. And it would that would I positioned that I, I would I drove a Mitsubishi Lancer at the time. Yeah. So I had it positioned in a way where I didn't have to take out the, the cardboard tube out at all. I would just slide the barbell in and out of the tube anytime I needed it, which was every day. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I would park my car maybe like a, sometimes like half a mile away from my building. I would slide it out. It'd be steaming hot. Because in Miami, I didn't park my car in shade. So it would be steaming hot. <laughs> so I'd just big it up, put it on my back like this, and I would just walk.
3: I forgot about the that. Pat. The, the barbell was a permanent fixture in her car. So whenever – when we were first started dating and I didn't have a car in <laughs> Miami yet, it would come into the front seat. So I would have to sit over it <laughs> like, like this just to sit in the car with one leg up. That's great. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. These are, these are cool. Th- I've never heard of any of these. This is great. The – Okay, so you would also get fasted cardio by carrying a barbell. <laughs> <laughs> that barbell, if you're a 250 pound man, you know that that barbell is a fifth of your weight, but that's still like a third of your weight at the time that you're carrying around awkwardly all the time. That's, that would
1: that would be like a that'd be like me carrying around a 75 pound barbell, wouldn't it?
0: Right. I mean, yeah, yeah I essentially, yeah. So that that's uh, it'd be more awkward if you put 10 pound bumper plates on a. A barbell and carry that around. I think you know to get oh. that seventy-five pounds. <laughs>
1: well, well, I mean, like the proportion of her size to mine. No,
0: no, I know. Her. I'm just saying, like the bar. At least the barbell on its own isn't that awkward. You put bumper plates on that too. That's that's. Yeah, it's another story going into a classroom with that. But where would you put it in the classroom?
2: So I sat in the back, like okay. I said. So we just go behind me. Okay. <laughs> Did Against anyone
0: ever try to steal it? No. Okay.
2: No, I think most of my classmates didn't even know that was.
0: Okay. I mean, that, they know. They knew, but they, they wouldn't know how to use Did it. Did security ever stop you? Was there a security at the place? There was no security. Okay.
2: Yeah, I would get really strange looks from okay. my professors. I'm just saying, like, classmates.
0: there's some sniper rifles that long, and and if <laughs> no. you're yeah. carrying that into like with a, like a, if you could have gotten like a gun case for it, you know, <laughs> right? There's got to be like.
1: Well, you could just take some straps and put around the cardboard tube and sling that on your shoulder. But the cardboard
0: tube yeah. stays in her car. That's the that's the. I needed that there because yeah. it
2: was really awkward to put it. And out, if not it also
0: protected your car protect, seats and mm-hmm. protected the bar. Okay, uh, now so now uh, you post you post three times a day on Instagram. Is that usual, or have e- you toned it down a little bit?
2: I've over the last month, month and a half, I've started posting two times, okay. two times a day.
0: How do you? Because uh, we post uh, most of our stuff is on YouTube. Uh, I challenged Juji to it, a a. Uh, posting more on instagram in january so he's been posting more this year but last year was was abysmal compared to you mm-hmm. um but the and i don't post that much on instagram because i just can't i'm not able to take that many pictures of myself and post that many pictures of myself how do you keep like a, a that i don't know the, the mindset positive and just like keep yourself from getting bored, or all these number of factors that could lead to burnout from posting two, three times a day and stories and all that. Like, yeah,
2: right. So I don't know. It just it feels so natural for me to to post at that frequency because it because that's literally what's in my mind. So I'm either thinking about training, so I'll have a thought about uh, something educational to say, something that I you know want to teach to the yeah. public. But that's just in my mind. I'm like, oh, you know, I. Why does this happen? Why does knee cave happen in the squad? And then I get more more uh, questions in my head, Is it bad? What are people saying? People saying it's bad because of this, but is that true? So then I'll go do research. Okay, research says it's actually not that bad, and these are the reasons maybe I should tell the public that whatever they're reading is actually in fact not true, not accurate information. So that's just kind of naturally how my brain is working. then the second the second post I would like to make is something about how I feel. As a woman in strength sports, mm-hmm. so it's a picture of me looking really girly, or a picture of me lifting a lot of weights but feeling really confident. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that I would that I like to convey to the audience that uh, or my followers how I feel on a day-to-day basis about being a woman in strength sports and, and dominating male-dominated sport uh, a male-dominated sport. Then the third part is my business. That's another natural post that I want to make about what services am I offering? If it's training or if it's nutrition, you know, what are we selling? Because that's how I pay my bills. So that one is high in my priority list as well. Um, and then what? Other, what other did I miss anything? I think that's it. It's either an educational post, some sort of promo for something that I sell, so I can eat and pay my bills, and then something about the way I feel for the purpose of the people that follow me understanding who I am and also to inspire and motivate other women and other people to just feel confident and beautiful in their own skin.
0: Okay, so this post, for example, is like more, this uh, This post you posted recently is more of an example of how you feel yeah. post. And uh, just go, uh, go through this post first because I thought this was very interesting and something that uh, an, uh, a few other questions I have about stuff. And I think the biggest... It's, it's like the hardest thing about being a female in a male-dominated sport. Yeah. So go go through this. We got beautiful and we got ugly.
2: Okay. So this is um, the beginning of a campaign that I'm doing with Animal. Uh, it was inspired by many conversations I had with the uh, guy who's in charge of media uh, at Animal at Universal. And um, it's just basically trying to convey the message of how are people, how is the general public perceiving a female with muscles that competes in a very uh, manly sport versus how am I actually feeling on the inside and what's the power of words? So this this, is, this particular post is about that. What do those words actually mean and um, why are people's perspectives, why is people's perspective that way? So... Yeah, so if you read it, so this is. I wonder what they see. Is it ugliness or is it beauty? Because for some people, being a very muscular girl and being strong is very beautiful. And for some people, it might not be. Mm-hmm. But the message that this particular picture is trying to send is that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because those are superficial words that don't really explain the full message of, of, of who you really are. And who you are is not determined by how you look. It's determined by... What's on the inside, essentially? What, how, how, what your attitudes are? How hard are you willing to work? How um, committed you are to your goals? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Cool.
0: I, I really like it. And go to the next one, Brian. So it's you're basically trying. To, you're, you're talking about societal standards mm-hmm. and reversing them, mm-hmm. and just trying to get them out in the open because a lot of people aren't aren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of female social media stars that do have muscles have to kind of, uh, even though this. is, for lack of a better word neuter themselves and you know put themselves in a different light that is more conventionally attractive. Exactly. exactly. And that's not right. And um and that leads me into the the the, the trouble that we have uh like of on our channel when uh, on YouTube whenever any female comes onto the channel the comment section is abysmal. I mean it's Insane, it's man. like I've Uh, for example, on the video titled 120-pound woman deadlift more than me. Mm -hmm. There's no S in that because search engine optimization, boys and girls. (laughs) But the uh, deadlift more than me, not grammatically correct, but that video has 1.2, 1.3 million views. And the comment section is either telling Juji how fucking strong he is for his PR or just shitting on you. (laughs) And I shadow band uh which is basically you can hide someone from commenting on the channel but they think they're still commenting mm. a shadow band like uh, i would say h- hundreds of people during that because it was just so bad and and i mean you get less comments like that when it's on your own stuff of obviously because they're they're fans and they're more acclimated to who you are and what you do but how, how do you deal with the, those negative comments, whether it's – and the, the crazy part for you is it's not just about sumo lists and cheating. It's about your appearance as well. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with those and how do you keep those out of your mind and just keep, keep positive?
2: So if you were to ask me, what do I feel the most insecure about? I would never tell you it's my looks, even though obviously there's things about myself that I would rather have differently. I don't know. I'd rather be five foot eight, you know, instead of five feet, but I'm not insecure about that. You know, I'd rather have, I don't know, blue eyes. You know, I'd rather have wider and bigger teeth. I would rather have a, a bigger pout, but I'm not insecure about
0: that. Right. I mean, how can your hair get better? No, my hair perfect. i interrupt you Let's get one really good <laughs> yeah, point yeah, out of yeah. there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you ask me what I'm insecure about, I'm insecure about, I'll give you an example, being perceived uh, as not as smart or not sounding eloquent in a podcast or mm-hmm. not having enough credentials, you know, not, not being up there in the academic world. Those are things you can't see. So if, you're gonna, if, if these people are trying to get to me by pointing out the way I look, it's just not working. I don't care. I don't care about that. And that's what I'm trying to make clear in these posts. I'm not here to please someone visually. I'm not, and certainly not male. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a fiance. I don't care about how these people are looking at me. And that's, that's the challenge I'm trying to make. I'm trying to challenge people's perception of beauty. I'm trying to change that and trying to make it very clear that, I, that that's just not the way to get to me. If you want to get to me, call me dumb. And even then, oh, yeah. you're probably dumber than me, so I probably won't care. <laughs> you know, how right. many people have a doctor? Right. not many of those people who are commenting there. So. And the things
0: that you have insecurities about, I think is, uh, I think is a, a big benefit. Like you saying, uh, you speaking eloquently on a podcast, mm-hmm. you'd be worried about. I think your accent and your speaking is sick. You so know, you that's way that. cooler than my midwestern generic ass accent. You know, like Hayden over here speaking like Canadian. He's speaking like a southern dude venezuelan accents way better
1: (laughs) well also i think an insecurity like that drives you to improve something that's actually meaningful to you and others so like getting a lip job or uh, whatever you're going to do to your face to make it look better is not going to benefit you or others as much and it doesn't send the right messages i want to learn more about this and be better at things exactly you know
2: and that's what i'm concerned about i mean I just got my, my DPT, but I'm already thinking I want to get a PhD because I want to further myself in that, in that sense because that's, that would fix, quote unquote, my insecurity. Mm-hmm. That would give me more power when I come to these podcasts. That would give me more power when I'm trying to write a post, when I'm trying to teach a seminar. That would make me feel more empowered. Not the way that I look. I don't care about that.
0: You're a badass. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I care, obviously, like I wear makeup and that kind of stuff. I'm trying not to look like a slob, but yeah, I don't let yeah, that yeah. affect me, affect yeah, but- how I feel about myself.
0: I mean, you know, males, I, I, I'd wear makeup if it made me look better, exactly. 100%, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, last week, I, made, I got John, had a, look at his fucking eyebrows. I mean, look at those eyebrows. He and I They're both beautiful. went and got an eyebrow wax and nose wax, uh, ear wax, and... Got our beards facial and got a little haircut. Like it matters, you know, like appearance, but it's also it's more of a I just like doing it for myself, you know. Absolutely. I, I look like a fucking weed dealer when I'm wearing long hair and a beard, you know. Absolutely. I, like,
1: I, I wore makeup for one video once. I had Sam put it on me.
0: Oh yeah, and I put on Did you a feel few beautiful? makeup things on you.
1: I was because, uh, this was before me and Tom started working together when I was starting to do YouTube on my own, uh, mm-hmm. this September, October, November, I was getting a lot of comments about how I looked old. Like you look fucking old, you know, those comments. <laughs> but honestly, I think it was the camera. It wasn't you. It, yeah. It was, it was the think, camera. You think it was the camera light. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I had her, as like, they're me I have fucking bags under my eyes, like old. So just, I don't know, put some makeup on me and and I looked at it in the camera and stuff I was like okay I look better in this talking video so I just sat and did a talking video with some makeup on or something yeah. just so I'd see if I could avoid those comments you know yeah honestly
0: I think your camera white balance setting was too uh, was too ga- ghouly ghoulish it was to the ghoulish setting it was yeah. to make you look like you were a dead person yeah you had like the morgue setting on yeah right. <laughs> well, look then, be-
2: before we move into my next topic there's something I do want to add it'd be lying if I said that I'm 100% not affected by it and that, I, yeah. that I'm that i That I'm that I just ignore it And I just brush them off but in the end of the day You know we're all human and even If those are things that you don't necessarily Care about it's obviously hurtful To read stuff like that Just because for me it's just like I don't understand why someone will go Out of their way to purposely Hurt me when I've done nothing to them at all Like why does my face offend You so much that you feel like You need to leave a negative comment there to purposefully try to hurt my feelings that's the part that i don't understand and that's where i get the most troubled you know i would have these conversations with my friends i'm where i'm just telling them i just don't understand why they're doing it and that's that was kind of my the enigma that i was trying to solve and what troubled me the most just not understanding and just being confused like why would people do something like that and so do annoyed you,
1: do you understand it now
2: well i not you like understand them. There's dude. nothing to understand, well, but you know. can yeah. <laughs> you can you can rationalize it and say that mental health is something that uh is real and is common and that maybe uh people that are leaving those comments mm-hmm. suffer from some sort of mental health condition whether that's anxiety, depression, some sort of bipolar disorder or simply jealousy that mm-hmm. they don't know how to deal with. So it's just um it's I feel bad for them now. Yeah. I just feel bad for them because the end of the day you know i'm I get to do exactly what I want to do I get to live the lifestyle that i've always dreamed about I get to travel and meet amazing people like you guys. I get to compete and crush it and um and so i'm I'm getting the last laugh right. anyway so I don't know
0: haters gonna hate
2: they hate you because they ain't you <laughs> exactly
0: and I mean, I think, like you said, it, sometimes it's so uh, you can think of someone's hate, and it just doesn't make any sense to your mind. Like, I get anti-Semitic comments all the time. Are you I, Jewish? I'm not Jewish. <laughs> I'm definitely not Jewish. I got a big old nose, but it's Roman. It's not, a, it's not. It's a Roman nose. It's not a Jewish nose. So they're wrong. I mean, like they're they're, they're judging based on that, and the, it's kind of sad the person says that, but they're kind of funny how wrong they are. I, I right, know? but that's like some of the stuff that you get it's just like how wrong they are yeah. those are the ones I'm able to laugh at it's the ones that have some truth to it yeah. that that actually hurt but mm-hmm. that then you have to like get this positive mindset to realize that like yeah they're in some sort of place that they've taken time out of their day and they're filling our bags by watching stuff and commenting <laughs> exactly. on stuff bags, you know? bags. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of bags and their comments damn right <laughs> uh, so that's that that's the thing is that the the thing that i have kind of done is is focus on the fans and the good people exactly. and our channels like that's the thing your stuff your youtube channel there's never there's never gonna be some person that keeps watching the videos and keeps commenting terrible things they're going a few of them, them. there's gonna be one Just a few a- of them that are really mentally in some other space but in general it's going to be a lot of positive people but it's the other people that don't really understand who you are as a person on those other channels that are going to be a little little crazed. And I think everyone can take something away from this even if they're not a presence on the internet. For example, when you used to
1: walk into class holding a barbell and you're thinking what are other people thinking of me? <laughs> yeah. You were feeling you, you were getting your bags filled right. essentially <laughs> from doing the thing you knew you could do within the elbow room you had for the schedule you had you know what's actually hilarious
2: about that that I never thought it was out of the ordinary
3: Uh, you thought it was normal I thought it was totally normal (laughs) I'm like
2: (laughs) I live in a second floor really small and old apartment uh, complex and uh, I'm just gonna take out the couch and uh, the TV and I'm gonna put a weightlifting platform that I'm planning on sometimes dropping barbells on gonna put a squat rack I'm gonna put a bunch of uh, posters of must your people and that's totally normal how old were you? Uh, 23 now
1: or then then 23. Okay. It seems I I can remember doing some things where it's like, I didn't think that was weird when I was like <laughs> 16, 17, 18. And I'm like, that was really weird. <laughs> like people were probably thinking I was nuts. You exactly. know?
2: Exactly. So yeah, me bringing the barbell, I thought it was like, Oh, you know, she's just going to go get a workout yeah. in.
3: Have, uh, have either of you guys ever read the book chasing excellence by Ben Bergeron? No, no. So there's actually a really neat part in it mm-hmm. where he talks about the psychology of why, uh, In our lives that are mostly for most people positive almost unanimously why we focus on those very few negative aspects and he talks about it being a survival mechanism because way back in the day when we were you know cave people and we didn't have as as much of an ability to rationally think and weigh out things we would you know you someone would go and eat something and it'd make you sick and it was very important that you remembered that negative experience a lot more than all the happy, positive experiences. So, because it's a a dangerous thing to you. You know, you run into a tiger, you have a negative experience. It's very important that you remember that a tiger Mm -hmm. isn't a negative experience. So, uh, that is so deeply ingrained in our psychology that even when you go to Instagram or something and there's a thousand positive comments, it's that one negative one that you get hung up on and you feel like everybody hates you even though it's the, the extreme minority that has something bad to say. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I think just understanding that psychology m- makes it, even for me, I don't get a lot of hate because my exposure is not as big as Stephanie. No one really you guys, hates you. But- and you're really likable. Yeah, yeah, so likable. Very likable. <laughs> the most likable.
2: Yeah.
1: I think on social media as well, when you see that one out of a thousand that's negative, at least what goes through my brain when I'm affected by it in a bad way, I'm like, other people are seeing that and they might think that he's right. You know, that's what's going through my head. Sure. It's like okay, that's that one idea comment. There. there might be twenty
0: people go, Oh yeah, you know, Juji is looking pretty old. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that's the shit my brain makes up. Sure. Yeah, know? it is, yeah. That's that's wild. It's like when my cat took a deuce in a plant, I, I put tinfoil over that plant. And now that cat hates tinfoil, bro. He really hates that's the you know, it was a negative experience and since then he's hated yeah, foil. Yeah. The let's get to the real stuff. When and how are you going to get a hair sponsorship?
2: I'm waiting for that, man. Yeah. It's uh it's in my uh goals list.
0: Is, do you have it written down?
2: Yeah, of course. Is it's it... written
0: down? No. Oh, you got to write that down. You got to have that on your vision board. Didn't right. you say Dan Green used to have a hair sponsorship? Yeah. Hair Warehouse. Wow. Hair Warehouse. Hair Warehouse.
3: Hair house, hair house? You met?
0: I remember the post, Boot
1: barn. And, <laughs> yeah, he's and, sitting there with uh, his washed hair with all these products sitting there flexing in the mirror.
3: No way. Yeah. Hair, warehouse. hair okay. warehouse. If you can do it, you can do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay, hold on. Pull. Let's for pull. poll. not, not poll, I guess. From a scale. From 1 to 10, how pretty is my hair. 10. 10. Yeah, I would agree.
0: Oh, yeah, I'll give you a 10. right. <laughs> girl. Yeah, we will do all of our best, Juju and myself, to... Yeah, find definitely. this sponsorship for you. It'll be a win for us all, right? But the <laughs> in terms of powerlifting right now, I believe that there's there's one guy who has done it and kind of taken powerlifting and gone to mainstream, that's Larry Wheels. Mm-hmm. And and Dan Green to a, a point as well, I think, but he's not that mainstream. I think uh he was kind of in the the ages of before social media when he was climbing in powerlifting. But and CrossFit uh, there's been some CrossFit people that have gone mainstream, but in terms of powerlifting, female powerlifters, it's like you, you're in the spot to go mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like how? Uh, I mean, why do you want to go like outside powerlifting, and, and wh- what do you want to do in that? Like, what's mm-hmm. what's there to to conquer for you?
2: Um, could have many answers, but I don't see myself competing in powerlifting for say ten more years. Yeah. I see it more as a, you know, maybe I don't know, five years at most. So I'm one of those people that likes to to plan ahead and just know that what kind of options there are for me. Um, I'm always interested in trying new sports. So you know, there's uh, MMA, there's wrestling, which are two things that I'm really, really interested in. That I've already started to uh, research on and and kind of take some classes and network and met some people so that I could get you know my foot in the door when when the time comes I don't know when that will be but um I don't know I really feel like I could have a a positive impact on on a lot of people for a lot of different reasons so the more opportunities that I get to to reach more and more people uh I think the bigger the impact that I could have so yeah, the goal—that's that's the goal—just to obviously find something that I enjoy and something that has a big reach that could have a really big impact.
0: For no, for the, I can only get the image of you just ripping somebody's eyes out on an MMA <laughs> octagon right now, dude, Just like digging into them, kind of like the mountain, just
1: <laughs> oh boom. <my> <laughs>
0: you <laughs> just on top of somebody just sticking her thumbs in their eye sockets videos of you view on your instagram practicing
3: i was gonna yeah. say have you seen those ones she's pretty uh pretty ferocious
0: yeah. i'm saying uh, that's what i'm saying though you got that there, there's some people that i would say like I like, uh, okay <laughs> i love magnus mitbo he's my favorite guy but i cannot <laughs> i can't see him like actually putting his fingers in somebody's eye sockets and just you know <laughs> Taking their eyes out, right? But I can see, like, Steffi, I can see you on, like, uh, an ancient Greek battleground, and you're that warrior princess that comes out of the, the, the back of the thing and just fucks up, like, some 400-pound dude from the other army. You know like, what I mean? Like Xena. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're just that. You got, like, you're dual-wielding, yeah, you like, two big old knives, and you're just flipping over this guy, <laughs> slashing his... Freaking calves out, and then eventually doing the eye thing, you know. So the eye, the eye thing.
1: thing. You guys have this weird fixation on her tearing out eyeballs right now, Tom. Well, no, I,
0: I I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I saw that mountain scene where he does it. You know, that it's a disturbing badass. scene. Yeah, that. But that's from a few seasons ago, right? Yeah, I no. think that's season one or two, right? The
2: eyes just happened last episode. No, no, no not
0: that. It no, wasn't no, that no but no, remember the, uh, the Prince Oberon the... when he oh, breaks yeah. it? Yeah, Oberyn, yeah, that yeah. little yeah. that little flighty dude that's, yeah. that does wushu? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just flipping around, and mountains like I'm going to pretend I'm dead, and then just.
2: That was crazy. That was crazy.
0: But yeah,
2: I was pretty sad about that.
0: I like that character who died. Like I said, I think you have that aggressiveness and athletic ability. That you could you could transfer it to these yeah combat sports mm-hmm. or something like even acting mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that like even being a stunt woman uh, you'd be arm, a six stunt woman. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't want to suggest arm wrestling no. to anybody, you know. <laughs> uh, she can go more mainstream than that. Uh, <laughs> I love arm wrestling, but uh, it's there, there's 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 higher highs yeah. for Steffi right now. So um, yeah,
2: I mean, I have the uh, WWE tryouts.
0: Yeah. Coming up. Oh, in when? In August. In August, mm-hmm. okay. And you, uh, for that, um, are you going to dye your hair a color?
2: <laughs> no, I'm just going to be myself. <laughs> no, I was actually wondering that I the other day. I was like,
1: my, uh, just what blonde sister went through my yeah, mind? Is she ever going to dye her hair? I know. I mean, right? She's had it pretty That's blonde color? before. No, like, like purple. Yeah. Like a color. Yeah. Yeah, I guess purple's a color. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I would imagine, like, could dye your hair, you could go black, brown, Like a non-hair long, color. But color. then when I think color is, like, purple, pink, yeah. green, whatever.
1: That
0: kind of wild stuff. Like, yeah. like this color. Yeah,
2: you know, no, there's, there's one girl that already does that in WWE. Oh. F- yeah. What's, What's her name? There's uh, a few now. Uh,
0: She's in the Liv, rain live
2: Liv, Liv. She's part of the re- riot squad. Yeah. She has pink hair, and she always has a blue tongue when she, she ch- competes. Blue tongue? And, like, You're avoiding probably, the like, question, Steffi. Are like, you going to dye her hair got
0: hypothermia? No, she learn. eats some okay. sort of candy. Oh, okay. But
2: she looks pretty badass, right? Like candy, that girl yeah. from uh Batman, is it? What's the girl what's Poison
3: the... Ivy? With the red hair?
1: <laughs> I don't think that's dyed, that's her natural color. Batman's As a cartoon character. About, uh, Harley Quinn? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a Badass she? Harley
1: Quinn. She doesn't have hair, she wears a clown helmet, doesn't she?
0: Uh, no, no, she
2: wears
3: thick oh right that's, that's oh that's that movie Max. that girl that oh, girl Well, that's
1: uh, Liv. Okay. that's live yeah, From yeah, yeah, yeah. Riot no squad. i'm thinking yeah, of the okay. cartoon the batman cartoon also no, shout out to the, uh shout things. out
2: to sarah logan she's one of my athletes she's cool. in the riot squad nice. the one on the left right there the Bottom
0: left. yeah right. cool yeah the riot squad she's badass okay nice Uh you don't have to bring that up brian it's too too small but the uh Anyway, okay, so you're going to go out for that. Are you going to change your training at all for that? Or are you going to go straight into it just from powerlifting training?
2: Um, no. So I'm, I'm going to take a couple of wrestling classes, like group wrestling, just to kind of understand the movements and uh, the terminology mostly so that I don't look like an idiot when they're telling me to do something I have no idea. Uh, but outside of that, no, I'm not planning on changing my training much just because at the, from the information that I gathered is that at those tryouts, they're essentially just trying to see – uh how athletic you are and how coachable you Mm -hmm. are and how willing to to learn new things and what your attitude is and what your personality is so not really they're not expecting you to know how to wrestle they're expecting to see what potential you have to learn essentially and what your personality is so if you have an aptitude for it if you have the aptitude exactly which i think i have i don't know but
3: uh yeah you could throw down in
0: wwe i'd watch
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I did pretty I mean,
0: good. Hey, but- you'd, you'd watch it with some backyard wrestling, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, and it's fun. I really liked it. I don't know if if, if any of you guys have done wrestling, but it's pretty fun because mm-hmm. it. Uh, you have to. It's it's you have to. It's a workout, right? Oh, there's there's yeah, skills yeah. that you need to learn, and there's movements that you need to to master, and then the 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 actual wrestling itself is pretty taxing from a physical standpoint. Um, but at the same time, you don't get too beat up. Like say uh, UFC or MMA.
0: Oh yeah, compared right? to that, definitely. Or not. even do yeah. Or barlifting. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. I mean, it, it looks like you're getting beat, more beat up, but falling uh, gracefully is a lot easier than uh, just having massive amounts of weight on your shoulders and all those things. I, I think um, the the we did a session uh, that'll be a video coming out where you actually it'll be the first video that'll be about this post the same time as this podcast. You learned aerial and gymnastics and backflip in about two hours. So I, I honestly, just from that experience and you're being able to be taught to do that mm-hmm. and listening so well, the, the wrestling moves are going to come very easy. Yeah, uh, and because they're very, your, your acrobatics are already flexible. Like Juji, for example, has struggles with the moonsault, which is the backflip onto your belly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that they'll do off the ring because he's focused, been fo- so focused on landing a backflip right but you'll because you have the motion of a backflip you could learn a moonsault really quickly and uh, a lot of those falling maneuvers uh, and the cool thing about learning those then you can transition to that in the movies and stunts mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's got a huge skill set but i had an idea for a for a business that uh just as a backup <clears throat> remember it's shaved ice Steffi's snow cones, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, I think this is such a big from? thing. Why? I, I yeah. just I was, of it you never heard of a snow cone? So it's a snow Cohen. Snow oh. cone. You yeah, see? yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Right. We can mix them with like BCAAs. Maybe
3: yeah. BCAA
2: snow cones. <laughs> we can hit all exposed? parts oh, of the spectrum. Oh, alcoholic ones.
3: Yeah. Alcoholic well. ones. You know? Doesn't your friend, one of your friends, have a, has an alcoholic snow cone business? No. <laughs> no, I made that up. Oh, yeah, you Just make that <laughs> up. That's just what you want. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, All right. Uh, I'm in. It's an option. Imagination yeah. the, is a powerful the, thing. <laughs> <laughs> what else did I make up that I thought's real? real? <laughs>
0: uh, but we're about an hour in, Brian, are we? Okay, well, we're going to end the podcast here just so we can get some questions from the Twitch chat. If you guys aren't watching live, you can watch live on twitch.tv slash oktom, which has... Uh, we're gonna have some questions there and from the chat, and they can ask Steffi and Hayden some stuff. But uh, we appreciate you guys for coming. Uh, check out their stuff: Hybrid Performance Gym, Hybrid Performance Method uh, at Instagram hayden.bow, bow, B-O-W-E, Hayden bo B O W E H A Y D E N dot B O W E. Steffi Cohen at Steffi Cohen, S T E F I C O H E N. Do you guys have any big stuff you got coming up the YouTube channel? Uh, Anything you want to holler about, tell people to go to?
2: Um, Yeah, go check out my uh, YouTube channel. I just recently started it about two months ago Mm
0: -hmm. or so.
2: Um, We've been doing two or three uploads a week, uh, putting a lot of time and effort into that, stepping very far outside of my comfort zone, um, but getting better with each time. So, If you want to support it, just uh, go and hit subscribe
0: cool i think uh you guys have such a cool cast of characters around the uh high performance gym that's just like, a lot of personality and not just power lifting it's just, like it's a really cool bunch of people together making yeah videos. We, we could have a reality tv show out of the gym oh yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> ian the rhino dude you could have a national Geographic special. <laughs> the uh appreciate you guys for coming on the second time Steffi is the second second time guest i believe And this is uh, the OK Podcast number 10. Appreciate you guys. And uh, you are OK.